Thank you for tuning in to this message from Kingdom Ears International, headquarters located in Flagstaff, Arizona. You felt the rain bring in the change that's coming? Okay. Mom is very good at taking everything that's been released to our family and bringing it into here is what Yahweh's saying. Here's how we're going to do. Here's what we will walk out. So we're a family that is very thankful to have a mother that will lead us in that way. So tonight, just position yourself ready to receive what's next. You ready? Okay. Do you want this mic? Okay. Thank you for praying. He showed me, um, well, I mean, he's always showing me a ton of things that I don't know, like, how much of it to release, but um, a couple things. He, some things, so after Shavuot happened, when the week started, um, not sh- I don't even I don't know necessarily how to explain it but some things happened in the spirit that started off the week that I didn't recognize until today that ultimately there was a manifestation in my body um have you ever had that si- the sickness where you feel like you're nauseous but you have no relief like you can't get it out so it was like he showed me today that there's things that I am f- spiritually caring on the inside that aren't move it's not moving it's not going anywhere and so i i'm able to like feel it really physically um and then there was another thing i'm not sure if that even makes sense um but anyways i think i said it i said it on vox on tuesday it didn't matter what the spirit was saying i was just flatlined i was on my bathroom floor for hours i don't know what happened <laughs> And then I was 100% better. And then uh, today I can just feel like a real weightiness in the spirit is more of what it feels like. Like I'm super emotional. Um, The best way for me to explain it is when you, Megan, I feel like you would have a better word for it. Um, When you, um, when you stand in the gap for the world for restoration and healing, but they kind of like, I don't know if you guys have experienced this um, or if you're able to explain it this way, but it's like the world will be like, here's all my junk. And then they leave and go play, but I'm not going to go play because I'm going to like, what did you just say? Like, I'm going to stand in the gap for the wholeness while you're messing around, but you you decided to bring me in on your story. Not a good idea because <laughs> now I'm involved. Now, that's a good thing for them when that's recognized, but in the meantime, when they don't recognize it, they're just playing around having no idea that I'm on my face. So there's just some things that are... Um, just super heavy that I just feel like I'm manifesting. So I appreciate you guys praying. We're also supposed to be leaving on vacation and I need a vacation. (laughs) I'm allowed to be on vacation. (laughs) Um, So anyways, I don't feel like I'm uh, quite myself, which is why I asked, can I have a chair? 
but that's all right, right? <laughs> um, in fact, it's actually a really good introduction to everything that we're going to be releasing tonight. <clears throat> because as you can see, the status of the family, um, it's day season and it's summer. So there's a natural scattering at any given moment where we're together spiritually, but physically at any given moment, we don't know, we don't know where people are going to be when. And so we really felt like, um, we just really felt like we, we really feel like we want to shift the day season. Uh, ultimately by the spirit, what ended up happening actually before Pesach, when we were discussing the day season, remember when I said, I don't know what's going to happen, but your stars and everything that you guys have written down where it's going to be time to go. And we're going to be working those out. Well, what does that look like? Um, Ultimately, what we really felt like that looked like was practical application for all the things that were on your guys' papers. Meaning, almost like day season was going to be a halt, and you're not going to come on a Friday to hear some, not that my teachings are random, but I just mean, if you, let me just, let me put it straight. If you have your star in front of you and your destiny is marriage, then you can come on a Friday night and listen to... What's one of the sermons we've done? Anything. You can come and learn about how healing is a being. But if marriage is on your star and you're not working on your marriage and there's not integrity within your marriage and we're not being discipled in those things, we're not gonna get very far. Like I said, not that Friday nights and what we're teaching is random by any means, but we really felt like he's shifting some things that the night season is for the dreaming, night season is for the strategy, but then the day season, it's time to get to work. So what I mean by that is, is you can learn in the night season about some, um, about the things of Yahweh, but then when the day comes, it's time to work the things out of Yahweh in our households. So... What we saw was that during the day season, we were ultimately going to um, basically, remember when we wrote on the whiteboard everything that was on your guys' uh, stars, like kind of the top list of what was on the stars? Well, we started thinking that, oh my gosh, it would be really cool if we had like a Wednesday night where we did business and we had a Thursday night where we did finances and we did, you know, and we started like, oh, okay, this is starting to make sense. Like we can start moving in some discipleship. And for whatever reason, um, it just, which now I can see why, but a few months ago it was moved on, on me specifically that I didn't understand why we would add to our schedules already and the busyness of our lives to add in all the things that we may be interested in, all of our stars and having to attend something um, when there's a natural scattering over the summer. So things began to shift where I felt like instead of doing a Wednesday night and a Tuesday night and a Sunday or whatever it was gonna look like, why don't we just take, basically what I felt like Yahweh released us in is you're not bound by your Friday nights in the way that you've done them. and so we're feeling like our Friday nights are going to shift, but all that we talked about are going to be on a Friday night instead of all the other times. Does that make sense? So with that, 
what we want to release tonight is what we think that what we see that looking like so that we're prepared for the day season moving forward so ultimately as you can see tonight I I, I guess um, in the natural when there's that scattering it would have been easy for me to say I can't come but I will come right but then in the natural scattering I don't want people who will Lurie is one of them she's on vacation she drove up the hill to be here on a Friday night Amber's another one she's on vacation I'm telling her and Jason stop and they're like no so there are there are people that are that are gonna be there so then if I added a Wednesday a Tuesday a Monday they're gonna be there at a Monday a Tuesday a Wednesday while others wrong right or indifferent don't necessarily have to be there. So I wouldn't want to put people in a position to be like, oh, well, I've got to be here, 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 and here, and then show up and we're staring at each other. You know, does that, is that making sense? So then it was just feeling like the shift of in the natural scattering, let's just do it all on Friday. We're not bound to worship on the first night, teaching on the next. The third is heaven awareness. Then we've got family night and Yahweh's like, why don't you just lay that out on the table and let's see what we want to do as a corporate family in the most effective way so that we can all be, so that we can get the most people together because there is natural scattering, whether it be vacations, um, sports, you know, different things that are going on. So does that make sense? So tonight we want to release what that's going to look like for the day season. Um, did you guys know that, did you guys already talk about this or just say it to me that the wine was from Washington state? So Derek prophetically got beauty, is it beauty and chaos? Beauty, of course. <laughs> beauty in the chaos, which I was like, yep, that was a good one. But it's from Washington State. So thank you for bringing your beauty in the chaos. <laughs> um, before we get into like what this format's going to look like, um, I think it's important. I, we've been feeling this for a while that there, there's just this huge push on discipleship. And I think that's, um, that's not something that's, it's unfortunate, but it's not something, I don't think you see that when you look across the body, you don't see um, a huge degree of actual discipleship. Um, obviously in this house, we, we engage that all the time, but I wanted to talk about that because that's essentially what we're going to be doing for the remainder of the day season is discipleship. And if you look at discipleship in the word, um, it's not just having a teacher or being submitted to a teacher. Um, it's actually adhering to somebody. Uh, a better way to say it, a simpler way to say it is you're, you're an imitator of your teacher. Um, and that's interesting because I could, I just want to put a few of these things out there because if you say you're a disciple, you have to understand that you have a teacher, you have a master, and you are basically adhering to them to imitate them, right? So ultimately, we're disciples of Yeshua, right? So we're imitators of Yeshua. So that means we do what we see him doing. In Jewish culture, uh, disciples who have rabbis will dress just like them. 
the rabbi will wear a certain type of hat. They'll go buy that same type of hat from the same store because they're imitating, right? Because in, in discipleship will go on for decades before they can become like the teacher. Um, and it's interesting because I think in our culture, and this kind of goes to show what I was saying, in our culture, you hear or see a lot of, and we've even gotten the criticism on this house, right? Well, you're just trying to make people just like you, or you're just trying to, you're just trying to, um, you know, I have my own identity. You're trying to make me like you, but I have my own identity, right? But that flies in the face of what we're talking about. And we're not trying to make a bunch of Justin and Tanya Brewers, but as we represent the Father in certain aspects of our life, nobody's got to dress like me, but when we talk about marriage, right? Yeshua, ultimately, Yahweh put us in a place to be imitated because we're teaching, because we're discipling, right? And so on, so on the flip side of that, there's an there's a imitation. And so before we lay out this, this um, format of what we're going into tonight, just wanted to really put that out there to think about. And you could see how that, you know, it, when people have, have said that to me, oh, well, you're just trying to, you know, I've, I do it this way and you're just trying to make me do it how you do it. You know, I just kind of, okay, whatever. But ultimately there are things that I am trying to get you to imitate what I'm doing, right? Because that's, that's what we're supposed to be doing. So if I do what I see the father doing and then he raises me up in the way that I should go and then I turn and be a father, then I, then I want that same dynamic, right? <laughs> but we can get so easily entangled in, in like, you know, it's just me and Yahweh and I've got my own, you know, this is how I do it and I'm not going to do it how you, you're just trying to make me submit to you First of all, it's by invitation, right? We're not going to force anybody, but yes, submission would be the goal in the relationship, right? So um, did you want to talk about the three things that were kind of common with everybody's stars, or do you want me to lay those out? Well, I'm just trying to think if I want to do practical um, there's been a, uh, when you're ironing out his vision, there's like a lot, there's a lot leading up to the way that it would look. So that's like hard, like, do you release all that? So you can kind of see the progression. Cause I don't want to come across like, and then things are changing and it's just what, um, but ultimately, yeah, we can, we can write down the three things. So out of the stars, we saw that the three top things that everyone had in common, not to mention the things as, as just mother and father that we see need to be discipled in, whether it was on your star or not. <laughs> do you want to put them in? Do you remember which one was like the most common or just? No. Okay. I, I mean, I, no, I don't know. Okay. Um, so foundations is going to be one of them. When we say foundations, we're talking about the DNA of kingdom. 
So foundations, this is, this is that anyways meeting. This is that, do you remember how to walk, how to talk, how to respond? Uh, what happens when the world crashes and hands it to you and you have to stand in the gap? How do you respond? How do you react? Do you cry? Do you yell? Do you get mad? Do you get angry? How do you harness your emo emotions? What does standing in the gap mean? How do you talk? What does going low look like? How do you prefer one another? I mean, we could go on and on and on to kind of remind ourselves how to walk the way that he asked us to walk, um, which is completely different than religion. And, well, never mind. We're not going to get into that. Uh, so foundations. So it would be basically foundational kingdom DNA. What? What are the? What are? What are? Um, uh, honestly, this is a lot like your guys's pledges. A lot of our pledges were very. Um, I mean, some of them were down to when we have a conversation, we don't walk away. I mean, that was on someone's pledge as a family. So we're gonna, we're not gonna teach it. We've taught it, we've had a lot of practice, but now the rubber's meeting the road for us to be able to have a discussion as a family. Give me an example. Give me a real life example where it's been hard or if you should stay in a conversation, right? Cause okay, let me give one example. When we said, this is a safe place for you to reveal your mess. Okay, that's an awesome truth. But then there's a way to walk it out. Because we went through a season where it was like, well, then I'm going to just tell you how I feel about you. And you're just going to have to stay through it. Right? So then you go through this pendulum swing of like, we're a safe place. And then it's like, oh, okay, that's, that's not quite what Yahweh was talking about. But yes, <laughs> you know, so you, so you kind of go through this navigation and there might be some things where we need to uh, basically discuss as a family, what does it look like to walk in these foundational truths? So foundations is one of them. The other one is marriage. So essentially, if you're not married, you are because you are the bride of Yeshua. And this is about covenant and how you walk in covenant. And so any example or question that comes out is going to be pertinent to the entire family. So marriage is obviously uh, kingdom. I, I mean, not that these are in order, but you've got kingdom DNA. You've got to know the house you were raised in before you can get married. Meaning that's why it's hard for a lot of marriages because they weren't taught kingdom principles like how to be transparent. Some families were actually taught you lie till you die, which is why I am probably the biggest, if I step into your household, sorry, and there is a lie roaming through the house, it will get exposed because there is something that I just naturally inherit when I was, when I grew up with, you lied till you, this is not on podcast, right? We're, this is not going to be on podcast. Okay. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I have a family that said, that's just what you do. You do it on your, you take it to your grave. And, uh, and, and the damage, the, the, anyways, the point is, <laughs> is that there are things that we haven't, we haven't learned foundational kingdom DNA in order to be raised 
to be able to be a husband, be a father, be a mother, be a wife, to be able to operate properly in covenant because we bring our culture into that place of covenant. And if there's anything in that culture that doesn't line up with his, then guess why you're married? Which is the same if you're married to Yeshua because if you bring your culture into the kingdom and it's anything that's earthly, he's like, here, why don't I give you my son? Because then that sharpened, that gets everything out of there for you to operate the way that you're supposed to operate in covenant. Amen? Okay. Then once you've got covenant as a foundation, then the third one is raising kids. So if you don't have kids, you're going to have kids. If your kids are adult, you're adults, they're still kids. I'm trying to think if there's any woman that would say, well, I don't have kids, so I don't need to come. Is there an example? If you're, if you, you might have great grandkids. It might look different if they're in your home or out of the home, but you carry legacy essentially is what we're getting at with kids. However, this might get very practical, but somebody asks a question, what do I do with my two-year-old when they're throwing a fit? It's the same thing when your legacy is throwing a fit. What do you do with it? Right? So when your grown kids are being like, where's my money or whatever that might happen, you might have to pull the funnel and pull the things back. And, and you guys remember Caden uh, Carden in the box and then uh, Ella Sheva in the playpen? Just envision them being your legacy. So when your adult children are operating outside of the boundaries you've given them, you might have to put them in a box. See, now you got to go back to number one because I thought foundations was God's not in a box. <laughs> this is going to be so much fun because God's not in a box, but he'll put you in one. Right? Religion says God's in a box. I'm full of grace and free. What's happening in the kingdom is God says, no, I'm not in the box. Can you get back in the box? Because you need to be raised and you are out of control. So we need to put some boundaries on there. We put some boundaries on there and then you blame me for being in religion. No, that's accountability and that's boundaries. God's outside the box. You need to get back in it. <laughs> it's going to be a good day season. <laughs> There's dynamics involved with all the, whether you... You might say, I'm never, I can't even have kids biologically, but there's dynamics in all of these that will apply to everything. So like false protection, I can tell you that's going to be, we're going to be talking about that. And that can apply to all kinds of stuff. <laughs> so just to kind of show a progression, part of what this looked like is once we made the shift, let's just do this all on Friday. What we actually envisioned was conference style day season. So you're gonna come in on a Friday and we were gonna, uh, <laughs> we were gonna assign where you needed to go. <laughs> or maybe you would pick it. I don't know how that was gonna go, but we were gonna basically place classrooms and you were gonna come in on a Friday. And so if you were in the covenant classroom, then you were gonna come in on a Friday and you, we were gonna spread out and we were gonna have basically three uh, classes throughout the, um, the whole day season. So essentially we had talked about uh, going through basically this being a three-year process 
to where there would be a group going through foundations the whole day season and then the next year would be the next whole day season and then so really kind of giving like a three-year plan and then then once we started talking about it again if you look at tonight if we split you up it would basically be me discipling Larie which is not that that would be wrong but with the scattering we just really felt like maybe we're just supposed to do this all together so again this is where we would come and just be part of the family as a whole not like I said not that it doesn't not that it's not relevant but there's going to be some that are more relevant than others so there's going to be parts of the day season where you're going to be really active and there's going to be other times where you might be not necessarily as active because we've decided that we're just going to do it all together on Friday nights so, do you want me to get into the logistics of it? Is this making sense? Day season shift? I don't know how, um, I don't know how it will necessarily pan, plan, pan out, but I feel like we're seeing this as a pattern. So the night season is where we would do worship, teaching, heaven awareness, family night. Day season is going to be straight up discipleship and, um, and walk it out that way. So what we've decided is that, uh, basically starting next Friday um, this is going to shift so some of the oh, you're so cute um, so okay so there's a couple things so basically every Friday night is going to be classroom style is that right? Where we're going to have tables and stuff. So it's going to be tables, seating. It's going to be classroom style. Basically, one way to look at this is every Friday night until Tabernacles is going to be like family night. So every Friday night is basically family night in what we've known, but it'd probably be a little bit different. Meaning in our family nights where it's kind of open-ended and we're talking about kids to Hasatan to who's saved and who's not and how do we know when earth started and all of that it's going to be very focused based on these topics but it is going to be ran like a family night so every friday uh, is going to be food as well so we're basically going to be dining together fellowshipping really bringing not bringing back like we don't have it but really bringing in that aspect of koinonia where there's that um just it, it's time to come to the table, receive the mysteries and work it out. Um, so every Friday night is going to be food. Every Friday night is going to be a meal and it's basically gonna be set up uh, family style and it's going to be discussion and it's gonna be Q&A and it's gonna be practical application and discipleship and questions and working out uh, the gaps in the things that we know. This isn't gonna be in any ways meeting where we're teaching what we already know. This is, this is what I know in my head, but my heart does this. Or my heart knows this, but my head says this. Can we work this out? And it's gonna be a practical application of how to, basically it's gonna be a, uh, essentially, if any one of you have sat down with us during, uh, essentially marriage counseling is happening, but it's just dinner but you're leaving different. Your mind is, oh, I didn't think about it that way. You're, you're, you're transforming because of the practical application of what you're receiving is what our Friday nights are going to be. So with Friday night being a meal, it's gonna be different. It's not gonna be a potluck style where everybody cooks. 
So this is where I'm excited. Um, but we are gonna be practicing for camping. Do you guys remember at all me saying anything about how I wanted camping to run? You guys do? Where we're not gonna all bring our own individual food, but we're going to basically, for me, I feel like it's easier if I just have to cook for 100 people once, and then you guys all take care of the rest of the meals versus me having to think through every single meal. I only have to bring the ingredients and just a lot of those ingredients. So that's how we're going to be handling our camping trip. So we have a little bit more fellowship and a little bit more cohesion. So basically what it's going to look like is we are going to be doing teams. I'm pretty sure if I get this right, there's going to be an elder, a single, and a family. Two families or one family? One family. So there's going to be a family, a single, and an elder that will always be partnered up. And then in your partnership, I think it's going to map out that two, you will only have to cook two times through the whole day season. So every single Friday night is going to be a meal, but you're only going to have to cook twice from now until September. But when you cook, you're cooking for like a hundred people, maybe not a hundred. That's just what I do. If it was tonight, it would not be for a hundred, but I'm just saying. <laughs> so ultimately every night will be food, but you'll have a team and then you'll just be cooking for everyone. So you'll basically, the ones that are not cooking will be coming in on a Friday and receiving that uh, meal and getting that discipleship. And then when it's your turn, you'll be providing for everyone. So that's how we're going to be handling the day season. Are you studying or getting text messages? I'm trying to think if there's anything else practical. I think that that might be it. Do you guys have any questions at all? What? I was like, is that a hit? Oh. <laughs> mm. I think we were going to ask or have asked. We've asked. It's good. So they're basically they're basically just going to come in the way we have it. So basically day season will be set up the way that we want it and we don't have to tear down or set up. So it'll just be table style for the whole day season. I mean, there'll obviously be cleanup, but we won't have to do tables and chairs and all that. Uh, I do see along with uh, discussion and... Uh, not discussion, but along with all of this, I see a couple of nights. The way that it kind of works out is we have uh, 12 Friday nights. Yeah. Um, we have tw we have 12 nights plus or minus a couple. So there's going to be a couple of times where we're going to be inserting a couple things that we think is in important based on timing. Uh, basically, just to kind of keep your eyes open, uh, we're going to be coming into September when Tabernacles happens and a lot of things within the world are going to be shifting. So there might be some times where we're like, okay, pause on marriage. We need to talk about some things. Um, so we might be implementing some of that. The other things that we might be implementing is really just having a, uh, not necessarily a conversation, but being able to have family meetings when it comes time to the business that we all are running as a family. So just being able to give an update, it might be, um, you know, whatever, whatever is coming up, just making sure that we're, that this is part of that discipleship. A lot of people might think, oh, that's for you over there. But really it's an opportunity for discipleship because of the way we function in uh, business, integrity, the world, hosting. Uh, one of the words over that home, did I say this before publicly about CenturyLink? 
that they prophesied over us that we can run a city out of that home. And we're really seeing uh, prophetically how that's gonna happen. People are gonna come and because, remember when I said, because of what I carry, if I step into your home, something's gonna happen? Well, we're the ones setting the tone. Any family that comes into that home, there's gonna be some things that shift for them. So, um, so we basically really are hosting a city in just a different way. And there's gonna be some uh, responsibility on our side for, the, for uh, you know, on, for what Yahweh's intentions are. Um, so, I mean, you guys, we have the freedom, it's ours. So you have the freedom to say, I want to be, remember when Ellen got on Kingdom Airs and said, who wants to own a bowl? Like in my mind, I'm thinking if I provide that bowl, someone is eating out of the bowl I have provided, whether they like it or not, <laughs> and they have no idea. It's not just about the things. If you are standing as an intercessor and you get a word for somebody who's checking in and you need to go write a note on the door, could you imagine? We don't have to be like any other business. You could, I want, I don't know what it is, but there is a family that is coming and there is a little kid and, um, I saw in a dream, this little kid needs a ball. Uh, and I wanna just say this is for your family or a way to be able to host and to host well is an opportunity that we have to reach the city in a way that we never can. Most churches are trying to reach the city by saying, come in here. And we're saying that's not necessarily our goal, but at the same time, it is a goal, but we're not gonna be able to do that if we're not reaching it in a certain way. And I think that this is, uh, this is a way for us to be able to do that in a really unique way. So, so we might have nights like that where we talk about that aspect. We are now a family business owner. And so ultimately we might have nights where we talk about that aspect too. So there's those things as well. Does anybody have any questions at this point? Johnny, you good? Uh, I think, did we talk about that podcast? I think the only thing that, oh, I think what we decided was that it was not going to be available for the public, but it will be for family. And we just have to be super diligent as a family to make sure that we're talking in the mic because it's open discussion so that they can hear. But I don't know if I would want people who have not been through the process to be in this level of intense discipleship. But like for you, yes. So we'll have it recorded, but it might not necessarily be podcast. Oh, we can talk about that. Yeah, I mean, there are, so ultimately, so that's just Fridays. Uh, as you guys know, there are, um, I wasn't necessarily even planning on talking about this, but just so we know that with the uh, day season, we're really seeing um, some one-on-one -on -one discipleship as well, which has already been happening. We're just trying to solidify some things so that we can be real focused and intentional. Uh, so, um, trying to think of like where I'm at with what conversations. <laughs> let me just, let me just say, I, this isn't necessarily set in stone, but this is kind of what we're seeing. So Thursday nights, uh, Sally and Derek have been doing a, a group where they call it podcast night. That's what they call it. And it's where they're going over the foundations of the podcast and really working out uh, the teachings on a one-on-one -on -one setting. 
Obviously, Thursday night is also Armory. Wednesday night, we've had Legacy Builders. Legacy Builders for a while has been feeling a shift that they're ready to shift and move out of, okay, we've created a safe place. We have a great place to hang out. We're definitely nowhere family, but we need to move into um, basically not legacy builders, but building legacy. And what does that look like? And so we haven't necessarily talked about all the ins and outs, but possibly what we're thinking is, is like Thursday night would then be the family's night where everyone is kind of dispersing if they want to outside of a Friday discipleship to go over podcasts, to really get into some of those foundations, going back years prior and looking and listening to those podcasts, but being able to bounce off Tyler, Missy, Sally and Derek, um, Amber and Jason, I mean, they're already doing that really with Armory, but being able to get into some of those podcasts and be able to kind of like break down some of those things. So there will also be that aspect of it. Then the other thing that we're really pressing is that if adoption has happened, one of the things that dad and I do, um, basically what we have called uh, a left Talmudim, which is basically the first... um, I mean, it's essentially the plural word of discipleship where we get together once a month and it's, it's pretty intense. It's kind of an all encompassing all day where it's just this focused time of discipleship. Uh, so what we're seeing in the day season be birthed is bait Talmudim's to where the, so like anyone who has adopted would be getting with their spiritual parents on a once a month basis, not just relationship and what you're already doing, but where there is a scheduled time where you are getting some intense discipleship with your spiritual parents. So we're, um, so that will, again, none of this is new. It's been happening, but just wanting to really start solidifying some things and seeing things that have organically happened, start calling that out. So for example, and again, this isn't set in stone, but Um, legacy builders would shift then in, let's just say this is the direction it goes. If it's podcast night, then you could get plugged into anyone who's doing a podcast night. So like Janina could go, uh, Linda could be going to Sally and Derek's, uh, I mean, Armory is a little bit different because it's it's Armory, but what we're planning on is being able to have a podcast night where we have groups getting together and talking and looking and listening through the podcast, if that makes sense. So there would be that as well. Is that it? I think so. Who's excited? This is why a lot of people don't do this because it's not the most fun. Why? Well, discipleship, right? I mean, that's discipline, which means correction. I, think I mean, my, I lo- we love it. I like yearn to be <laughs> under. I don't know what it is. Like, even in my, like, um, I mean, you, if you guys ever hear me talk about it, I mean, I'm weight training and I am like wanting to be taught. Like, I don't, she'll sometimes she'll work out with us and I get so irritated. I want you to spot me. I want you to press me. I want to know if my form is right. I can, you guys, I cannot stand this. Jake, I'm sure you'll understand this. There's probably people at the gym that you're like, really, dude, why are you even here? But there are people that will pay for this and they do this like. (laughs) Dee and I make fun of them because I call them the bunny rabbits, but seriously, they'll go like this. 
first done so fast because you're a freaking bunny. Or they do that. <laughs> they're like this, and then they're like. <laughs> like, that is not a squat. So it's just funny how, like, and I am, I am, you know, I don't. But those people wouldn't like it if the trainer came along this and said, you're not doing it right. This is how you do it. This is and true. Nope, you're still not doing it right. This is true. <laughs> and I'm like, please correct me. I do not want something forming somewhere, something somewhere that's not supposed to be there. So if I'm pinching or rounding or doing something I'm not <laughs> supposed to do, it's ultimately not going to go well. So just tell me now. I know. Well, <laughs> all right. So just to be clear, this, this ties into the process and the walk we've been on with all the time we spent blueprinting your stars, right? Because we looked at all of them and these were the top three most common things that everybody wrote down. So, um, does everybody have that? Everybody good? You, do you feel like we need to go over any more details with that? Um, so I'll, if we're done, if you think of anything else, let me know. But since we're done, um, I've been stirred about kind of a foundational thing and I'm just going to kick it off with this little foundational thing. I'm just going to just going to kick it off a little bit. Um I checked the podcast. This one's not on there. Unfortunately. Um we talked about <laughs> We talked about um kissing and cleaving. I don't know however many years ago. Was it, does anybody remember that? No? Um, so if you have your word, you can, this is where this is from. It's uh, Ruth chapter 1, primarily verses 8 through 14. And this is something that is completely foundational and this is why this is good that we're doing this because there's some things like if you go back to the beginning of kingdom heirs there's foundational things that are applicable now um that we taught on years ago and maybe people weren't there they don't remember and so it's good to just like get the whole family together now and talk about these foundational things um, but there's this dynamic when you look at those few scriptures there's just this gold dynamic in there and basically you have um, Naomi and we've all probably we've all for sure heard this story um, but basically you have a mother who has two daughters you guys know what the daughters names are Ruth we all know about Ruth. What? Oprah? <laughs> Oprah Winfrey? Orpa. 
So you have a mother and she's trying to convince her two daughters to go back to where they came from because she can't promise them anything. Basically what she's talking about is she's saying, I can't promise you husbands and children and things like that. Right? So you have this, this, uh, this dynamic taking place in verses eight through 14 where she's convincing them to, to let her go and them go back because of what she can't provide for them. Well, they both initially start saying, no, no, we're going to go with you. We're going to go where you go, right? And which sounds awesome. But ultimately, and this is a subtle difference, which you could see it. Like once you understand this dynamic, you'll see it all over the place. You can, because they look very similar. Ruth, what did Ruth do? Kiss or cleave? No. I mean, sorry. So that means Orpa kissed. Huh? Oh. She's both good, right? We're good. She kissed her mom. It's good. Um, but I'm going to point out the difference because you could, you can, even when you think about covenant, right? This isn't marriage we're talking about, but it is covenant. So when you're engaged in covenant, you can, you can start to see how really not engaged you are in covenant. Whereas you could be like, oh yeah, I come, I come every Friday, you know, love you. You know what I'm saying? You could, you could think what you're doing is covenant, but you're really just doing this. You're not doing what Ruth did. You're doing what Orpah did. Now, what's interesting is Orpah's name. I wish this was on podcast. I was so fired up that day. You always got to look at people's names. You know, get, take a guess what Orpah's name means, and then you'll see why kissing is not good. I mean, kissing without cleaving. So Orpah's name literally means apostasy. Were you guys there? You guys know what an apostate is? Apostasy, not apostle or apostolic. Apostasy. You guys know what that means? That basically means you leave whatever system you're a part of and you completely rebel against it and go work for the other team the enemy, the other side. So you can see how there's this covenant dynamic here and there's an, there's a, there's an interaction taking place where they're both saying, no, we want to go with you, but behind what they're saying, one of them is not really about the covenant. One is, and you'll see that in those few scriptures. Um, Ruth ultimately went with Naomi against Naomi's uh, wishes and found Boaz. You guys know what Boaz means? What does the name Boaz mean? Redeemer, but not just redeemer. What kind of redeemer? So he's redeeming family, right? 
So Ruth ends up going with Naomi and marries the kinsman redeemer. If you go further down this line, who, who's, who's further down the line? Yeshua, but before him, King David. You know what's crazy? She goes back to Moab. She goes back to Moab because ultimately she kisses uh, Ruth, or excuse me, Naomi, but Naomi says, no, you should go. And she goes, okay, okay, since you want me to go, I'll go. Since you want me to go back, I'll go back. Whereas Ruth said, there's nothing you can tell me because we're in covenant, so wherever you go, I'm going. This is what's crazy, though. And I don't think I even preached on this part. She goes back, has babies, right? Goes down the line. When you get to the same generation, who does who does Orpa birth in her line, in her legacy? Guess. No. Who? In Ruth, Ruth cleaves, and I believe this happened because of this decision. She cleaves. And then all of a sudden, she becomes part of the royal lineage of King David. This same generation right here, who's in Orpah's legacy? No. <laughs> this, you guys, this is stupid. Goliath. Isn't that awesome? So you can have, you can have, you can be in a covenant dynamic, right? You can have two people in the same house, same house. One is cleaving and these, I bet you, most, see this is why discipleship is so important because most people most people wouldn't even they they wouldn't wouldn't distinguish between these two no they're both yeah no we're all in covenant yeah orpah's great she's good yeah ruth and orpah they're awesome right yeah we're in a covenant relationship most people don't even know the difference so you can see how when we talk about covenant in this house we're talking about cleaving this is what covenant's about. This is what we're talking about when we talk about covenant relationships. You can have a relationship where you can walk with somebody and they can kiss on you. You know what I'm saying? Kissing essentially meaning they can show you love. They can follow you a little bit. But at the end of the day, they're an, they're an apostate. When you think about apostate, a good way to think about that is uh, during the Revolutionary War, right? The, the rebels were essentially apostates to England, right? They were the enemy. They were the, the, the people they were fighting on the other side. So you can, have, you can have covenant relationships and there can be this dynamic happening. 
There's times when when we see it, not that we're not that we're saying like, oh, so and so is an apostate. Like we're not saying that. But you can see where people people's capacity for covenant is this. And if that's not developed or discipleship isn't happening, ultimately some dynamic's gonna happen where you say, um, you say one thing and the covenant's going to be tested and one of these two things could happen, right? So this is the other thing I want to say is that these decisions that you make are highly critical. These decisions are critical because these decisions determine what you birth in your legacy. So... You can, if you're, if you're operating in this dynamic here and you're not fully cleaving, you will essentially birth a giant to be slayed by this legacy. Like if I'm in a covenant relationship with somebody and I'm not fully cleaving, I'm destined to birth something they're going to have to fight with. And we've seen that. We've seen that because people do this. Part of the heaviness of what she's talking about this week, this, all day long. This person would say, nope, I'm in covenant with the brewers. This is what they did. And now we're, we're fighting with and will slay things that they created. And this was like, how long ago was this? Like seven, I don't know. And it's, it's cool to go back and listen to the podcast because I, I go back and listen on occasion and I'm like, I had, I had no idea what I was even saying. No idea. I didn't have a, a like, when you go back, right, and you're in a, a, a greater level of maturity, like, right, you just, you're just like, oh my gosh, the fullness of that understanding. And so, is that Suka? But it's, this is a very real thing. And part of it's destiny, you could say, right? Part of it's like King David was destined to slay Goliath. Um, and a lot of good came out of that. But had you could even say that Orpah was destined to do that because that's what her name means. Um, but when you look at the story, like one thing to understand is that this very simple decision like broke her off from a royal lineage and turned her into a legacy that birthed something that would come against the nation of Israel. That would come against the, fa- the family being redeemed. Like I could, get, I, could, I could get so fired up because what we're essentially dealing with this week is there's a giant that all of a sudden is making itself known and guess what it's trying to guess what it's it's ultimately fighting against is family redemption yeah. <laughs> right kingdom heirs we're about family we're about redemption right we're part of this royal lineage well 
you can be in relationships, so-called covenant relationship with people, but if they don't fully cleave and all they're doing is this, ultimately they're breaking off of that legacy and they're destined to create something that's going to go against the redemption of the family. So like, this is the type of stuff we're gonna get into. And there's going to be, like we said, there's going to be expectation. If we disciple on these type of dynamics, there's an expectation that you begin to distinguish between these two dynamics taking place in a covenant relationship. Does that make sense? It's these type of things that we're gonna get into the nitty gritty to make sure that our family, when the test comes, when the question comes, or when the, the proposal of, uh, you know, you should go do this, Katie. I, th- I think, Padrino thinks you should go do this. And you're like, no, you know what? I'm called to go do what you're going to do. And I'm like, no, I, I really, your dad could say, I really think you should move to, you know, Pennsylvania and go to this school or whatever. I don't know. You should marry this guy. Your dad's like, this is the guy for you. And you just know, like you just know Yahweh called you to something else, right? It's, it's, I'm not, you guys get what I'm saying. Like we want to raise disciples to the point to where you recognize these type of critical decisions that are being proposed and now they're in your lap. And the decision that Logan makes in that moment, and he's like, this is one of those, this is what we talked about. This is one of those moments, and I know I'm going to either make the way right decision or I'm going to take the easy road and just kiss you, love you, bye. I'm going to go back because you said, right? It's like a cop-out. Well, because Naomi said, okay, I'll just break off my royal lineage and I'll just go this route and birth something that's going to try to take out the redemption of family. So ultimately, when we're talking about discipleship, we're getting into, so this is exactly what I'm talking about. So that word is powerful, right? Okay, now tomorrow, when it's cleave or kiss, and you can't discern, right? Because any one of you, because I know how it is with sermons, you're already hearing what he said, and you're like, okay, so the next time my spiritual mom tells me to do something, I'm going to tell her no. I can feel it. <laughs> this is just one, this is just one little. Right? It's an easy, well, well, that cert, like, it's, it, it's easy to take a sermon and put it into the context and misunderstand the context and end up doing the opposite that you think you're doing. So when I said, was it the daughter or the mom that stood for it? What I was essentially talking about was when the question was posed to us, can I kick you out of church? And anyone would be like, well, you're the pastor. Of course you can. And dad was like, nope. That's not a, my mom told me to do something. I was like, "Mm -mm." that's a, I'm not leaving you type Does that make sense? But it's easy to hear that and immediately say, well, my cleaving or my kissing is cleaving and say, but I'm cleaving and really it's kissing because that's where that iron sharpens iron where you don't know what is a cleave and what's a kiss, especially when it gets super confusing and the one in authority is telling you to do something. You don't, you know, it's kind of like, so that's where we get to bring the situation that comes tomorrow 
and say, can we put this on the table and work this out? How do you see it? What are you seeing? This is how I interpret it. Let's apply the scriptures and not just leave you with a good word and then try to figure it out. So that's what this discipleship is, is so that we're not having to deal with the Goliaths, but we're dealing with the cleave and the kissing. This is why it's not popular. Everybody knows King David and Goliath. Everyone wants to be taught how to get the stone, but they don't want to understand that in your generational history, somebody kissed. So we, well, and I'm sure Naomi, she knew, she she knew her two daughters. She's like, this is this is operating out of love. This is manipulation. And she loved her enough to say, "Go ahead, do do what you got to do." So, she didn't she didn't uh, say no. Maybe you should. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Naomi was aware of that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, but this day season is going to be good because a lot of times, like if I can go back to things that the Holy Spirit inspired me to talk about and I can still learn 10 times more from when I said it myself, then we going back to podcasts to strengthen ourselves and just constantly be sowing seeds into what we're claiming to be disciples of. Right, it goes back to discipleship. What, what, what is the end goal? I mean, even just re-examining that as we're going through these things. So, because there's probably going to be things that go against the fiber of your being when we get to talking about marriage or kids. There might be something that's like, ah, I just really don't agree with that. I don't, I don't get that. Like false protection is a big one. I know a lot of people have a hard time with that one. Stop. Not a lot of pe- I'm just I'm not talking about you guys in the room. I'm saying over He's the course about me. over the court <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> over the course of all the discipleship we've done on raising kids, people have a very hard time with that. Mm-hmm. So like I'm trying to think of when Envision me with the sons. <laughs> Me with this, like with sonship, like I'll, well, but they, like false protection where like the dad can come in and be like, this is the way it needs to go. And then like, I can come in and be like, well, but they didn't, this is the whole story. They didn't mean it like that. Like false protection in the sense of you're, I'm falsely, I am, I am not in a good place by protecting them from the correction that needs to come because I want to, I want to protect, uh, Peter, when, um, when, uh, am I getting that right? False they were coming to arrest Yeshua and he like sliced one's ear off and he said, get behind me, Satan. That, so Peter was Yeshua was false dealing protection. with false protection. I don't protection. want Yeshua to have to go through this, but he did need to, which is why Yeshua was so strong about false protection to say something as strong as get behind me, Satan, because false protection is ultimately a, a, a very slimy way for the enemy to, to uh, stop destiny. And it sounds really good. It just sounds really loving. More practical could be like, you know, you tell your kid, like, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And then they do it anyway and they smack their face. You just, you're not going to be like, oh, let me, like, that's, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I wouldn't do that. (laughs) 
Like when the natural consequences come, that's like a big one. False protection will come in to try to alleviate those natural consequences when in reality he wants those natural, that's why they're natural consequences. Um, another example I just thought of that kind of started us down this road of even putting a term on it was uh, we were in a, sitting in a church meeting and somebody, I can't remember the details of it, but somebody during the service had like prophesied a word over a teenager, I think, over one of the youth. And we had a whole meeting about it because the permission wasn't at, which I, you know, okay. I could see that, you know, we weren't, it wasn't like family. This like wasn't it wasn't someone off the street. This is somebody who was in the body for been 20 in ch- years, church together for years, gave a word and they didn't feel like their kids should get that word. They didn't want, they were afraid that their kid was going to go off on the, like the wrong trajectory in life because of this word wasn't correct. And rather than training your child to have discernment we stopped the prophetic move even so ultimately what it is is discerning even if it's right like the word okay let's just say that the word was off but what i want to do is instead of bubble wrapping my kids and not release them to the people i should be totally releasing them to does that make like this is where we can practice. Yeah, I want to train them in discernment and have a relationship with my kids versus shutting down someone else's prophetic gift and saying, now you, nobody's allowed to prophesy over any of the children because they just, because we can't do that, if that makes sense. That would be false protection where you're bubble wrapping instead of allowing the process to work itself out. You're stepping in a place before the process can happen. Then no training comes. That'd be like, uh, you know, there's deaths from car accidents every year so we're just going to ban cars altogether or (laughs) or or gun control same thing Not saying that I'm gonna. Well, never mind. Well, I, this is just another example. Just thinking of false protection. This is why it's gonna be so good to get into some of this stuff because a question might come. I mean, this isn't necessarily a good question, but I was just thinking about like. Um, I've told this story before and I and I'm saying this just because this is an example of what I'm talking about but it's but it's something that we would work out as a family because every dynamic is different every family is different so it's not like a set of rules of what is and what isn't but it's working it out and understanding the context of that situation because in cleaving and kissing let me say this one family could have the exact same situation as another family and i'm going to say that family's kissing and that family's cleaving so it's not even about situations so i but so this is the reason why example after example after after example is so powerful but uh i remember when um basically sexual sin and pornography and all that kind of stuff was like you are not allowed to talk about it and i remember i was told you just basically bubble wrap your kids until an age comes 
and that age never comes and then they get married and you just hope you just get them to their wife and you never have to deal with it. Poor wife. So she can deal with all of that. But that is how things were. You just, they're at what age? Let me ask you guys this. What age is appropriate to start talking about pornography? But every family, it's not, there's not real, I mean, ultimately there's not an age, right? But this is why we have to talk about it because what I can say is black and white, and sometimes I get nervous about saying that, but I hope that this would be okay. What I can say is black and white is please don't not have the conversation until they get married and never have the conversation and be like, send them to their wife or their husband. Let's at least, can we just not do that? Okay, if we're not, if we can all agree that we're not gonna do that, then at what age? 18, 16. So, so you just got to keep working that out, right? So ultimately, against what we were taught, I actually decided to show my children uh, a pornographic picture. And I remember religious, like religion at the time was like, you just opened a door and exposed. But there was, there was a strategy behind teaching the spirit behind the picture because ultimately what I had to do was I had to show the difference between I think it was literally an Eddie Bauer swimsuit ad versus a spiritual lust behind that picture obviously it wasn't a crazy it wasn't a crazy pornographic picture but I picked one that had a spirit behind it versus an ad because then what can come over the boys is that there's shame so you see a billboard and it's like you don't know what to do but you're going to do it anyways so I wanted to equip them what's the difference what are you seeing and I want you to look for the spirit but the only way I could teach them the spirit was to show them the spirit but religion's so afraid, they were like, oh my God, don't do that, because then you're going to open a door. I'm like, the door's already been open at Orpah. So I might as well deal with Goliath now. Like, I, but I, that's not necessarily the norm, but those are the type of things we're going to talk about. One family could come to me and say, is my, is, is, uh, is my, do you feel like my child at this age is ready? I mean, we've had this conversation and it's like, yes. And somebody else could come and I would say no. And partly it's because the marriage needs to do some work <laughs> and there's some you know fear or there could be some things that could begin to operate that you can open up doors but it doesn't necessarily mean it's just black and white so anyways that's just another example of the things that we will get to talk about as a family um, and really work those things out Do you guys have any questions at all? I mean, go ahead and come on up here. But does anybody have any questions at all? Go ahead. Ultimately, you're saying the different. How do you know the difference between love and manipulation? Well, I think you kind of ultimately answered your own question because you said that it was always about him. I don't, I didn't hear who you were talking about, but the other person was always about that person. Then usually manipulation is operating because it's not love is two way street or giving. Does that make sense? So you kind of answered your own question that when that's happening, then manipulations sometimes going on.
Well, and a lot of these things will tie together too, Becca, because if like we were just talking about false protection, a lot of times you'll recognize dynamics, but you'll, you'll be like, well, I don't want to, like, I don't want to say what I really see because then that, what damage is that going to do? Right. So a lot of these things are going to completely overlap. Yeah. There's going to be principles that are going to overlap, right? So you can be, you can see manipulation, but what would be a kingdom way to deal with manipulation? cast it out and let them know they're a manipulator no it's usually going low coming underneath and being the complete opposite of a manipulator so then there's those type of dynamics too where you're not a doormat but at the same time there's remember we talked about that like being a doormat but then also the kingdom principle of going in low because you always want to gain access to the person that you're in a relationship with whether it's a good relationship or bad without access it just kind of stops so ultimately what he's saying is is that there's gonna be multiple teachings that will kind of intertwine with certain examples that as we go through these questions and discuss, they'll kind of overlap each other. Thank you for listening to this message from Kingdom Heirs International. If you have received insight and revelation with this message, we invite you to claim that revelation by trading on the trading floor with this ministry. You can do that at kingdomheirsflag.org. Thank you.